Good morning. My name is Anthony Bliss. I am one of the pastors at Loami Christian Church, and it's just a joy to be here today with all of you. Um, you know, I don't think this is going to be news to anybody as we've been talking about the cultural differences between here and Mexico, but uh, we don't live in the most diverse place in the world. Like, I mean, most of us, if you just look around the pavilion today, it looks pretty clear. Um, we live in a place where people spend a lot of money on sunscreen. And um, consequently, there's just not a lot of ethnic, cultural, linguistic diversity that we regularly experience. Uh, you know, I can look around on my street where I live and my neighbor's lives look a lot like my life. And I can look around and I know some of you and your life looks quite a bit like my life. And I'm not saying that we are exactly the same, but we definitely have some shared experiences. All right. So just to show you how similar some of our lives are, I'm going to need some help. Raise your hand if you've ever ridden, a, ridden in a tractor. Yeah, look at that. Okay. And some of you are like, hasn't everybody? No. That is not the normal human state, okay? Um, how many of you have eaten biscuits and gravy in the last year? Boom. How many of you in the last month? Yeah, see, you're living good. Um, how many of you have eaten something deep fried at the fair that probably was never intended to be deep fried? Right, yeah, Oreos, Snickers, butter. I don't even understand the science on that one. Um, how many of you have gotten visibly excited watching a Cubs and or Cardinals game? Yeah, quite a few. Um, how many of you, after a good rain, have ever said, we really needed this? Yeah, yeah, right? So those are some ways that our lives are the same. Our lives are similar. And because we have so much in common, and because we're all kind of pretty similar where we live here in the Midwest, it's easy to look around, and since your life looks like my life, it's kind of similar or easy to think, this is just how life is. This is just the way things are. Surely everyone has ridden in a tractor. Everyone eats biscuits and gravy. Everyone enjoys their small town's homecoming parade once a year. Um, but you don't have to travel very far in our world to learn that it is way bigger than we thought it was. It is way more diverse, way more colorful. And in many ways, to us at least, it's way more strange than we ever thought it could be. And what we consider normal is not normal everywhere. Um, but the thing is, we like our normal, right? I'm comfortable with what is familiar. We love what we know. And so we can have trouble getting out of our little bubbles of comfort. It's not uncommon for us to be so comfortable where we are and how we live to kind of be scared, might be too strong of a word, or at least uncomfortable with things that come from outside of our little comfort bubbles, uh, my daughter-in-law is Filipino, and she introduced me to Filipino spaghetti. Anybody had Filipino spaghetti? Yeah, a few of you have, but not many. I'll tell you something about it. Um, it has hot dogs in it, and it has ketchup in it, but not ketchup that's made with tomatoes, ketchup that's made with bananas. Didn't even know that was a thing. Didn't know that was possible. And the first time she set that plate in front of me, I'm going to admit, I was a little scared. Because I thought, you know, I, I know spaghetti. I love spaghetti. It, it's a good friend in my life. I've probably eaten spaghetti once a month from the day I was born. Um, and so why fiddle with perfection? Why would you put hot dogs and bananas in spaghetti? Because it's delicious. That's what I learned. That's why you do it. Beyond what I considered normal, beyond what I thought was good enough, there existed something 
better. Beyond my little bubble, beyond my comfort zone, existed something beautiful and wonderful and delicious. Now, we kind of do the same thing with church. Uh, we find the church that we like, that makes us feel comfortable, and we go Sunday after Sunday, and over time we start to think, this is just what church is. This is what church is like. This is what a gathering of believers really is. And you can think that really most services around the world probably look like the service that you're used to. But then we come here today and kind of disrupt that a little bit. We disrupt our normal. We venture ever so slightly out of our normal little comfort bubbles uh, by joining together. And although Berlin Christian Church and Loami Christian Church are two different churches, uh, we have different rhythms, different habits, uh, different things that we're used to doing, uh, we kind of disrupted that this morning to come together to lift up our voices as one and praise our amazing God. And by doing that, what we are doing is we are building a picture of what a gathering of believers can look like that is a little bit more beautiful. When we get out of what's my only picture, my little one-color monotone picture of what church can look like, and we add in something else, another flavor, another color of what church can look like, the picture of the kingdom gets a little bit more beautiful. But let's be honest, we're not that different. Because again, we've all ridden tractors, we've all had deep fried Oreos, and we can come here today, and this is a pretty easy thing to pull off. And while my preaching might not be like Warren or Michael's, and BCC music is different a little bit from Loami music, uh, there's a lot, of simil excuse me, a lot of similarities that make this combination work pretty well. And so this isn't really too far outside of our comfort zone. But as those who got up here and shared about going to Mexico, what they got to experience is that the more you venture outside your comfort zone, the more you see how Jesus can draw people together from different cultures, different languages, and when you pull in all of these different flavors of humanity into the church, as Jesus draws all of these different kinds of people to himself, the picture of what the church can be becomes so much more beautiful. Because you begin to experience the power of God as people stand shoulder to shoulder, united through the only thing that they have in common, which is Jesus. They stand together in the similar power of his blood. And the reason this diversity of believers adds so much meaning and beauty to our idea and our picture of church is because it gives us a little tiny glimpse of what eternity will be like. It lets us kind of crack the door into the heavenly realms and see what our eternities will be like. One of the best stories I heard, it was I, I tried to not hear much about Mexico before they talked because I wanted to experience it like everybody else. Um, but one of the stories they told was they, they had church in an alleyway. Like, I've, has anybody had, aside from the people that went on the Mexico trip, has anybody else had church in an alleyway before? No, that's a different kind of thing. It's, it's something that not a lot of us experience. And there they were standing shoulder to shoulder in another country with, in a language they did not speak with people praising the same God. And that, I tell you, is a little bit closer to what eternity looks like, I think, than what we even experience on a normal Sunday morning. In the book of Revelation, one of Jesus' closest friends, a guy named John, a faithful follower, is given a vision into the heavenly realm. And he gets a glimpse of what we will all one day experience in Revelation chapter 7, starting in verse 9. John says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. 
They were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders asked me, These in the white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So what John is doing is giving us a picture of the heavenly throne room. And it is filled with followers of Jesus who have already run their race in life. They've fought their fight. And they've endured through the pain and suffering and the persecution that this life can toss their way. Their earthly lives are over. And now they stand before the throne of heaven. And it says there's too many believers to count. And it says they are from every nation, every ethnicity, people of color, speakers of every language, uh, brought together through the redemptive love of Jesus. And so what that means is this final ultimate church congregation that we will all be a part of looks very different than the one we are sitting in today. Because the saving message of Jesus was meant to saturate our planet. It was meant to go and reach every nation and culture. In his last words to his disciples, Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, commanded them to preach the gospel in every place that there were people to hear it. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he tells them, you're going to start at home in Jerusalem. You're going to spread out a little bit to Judea, which is like their little region. Then you're going to get Samaria, your neighbors, and then you're just going to keep going until there's no more people to preach to. And he, so for us, it'd be like, okay, you're going to start in Loami, New Berlin. Then you're going to get Sangamon, maybe reach in to get Morgan County a little bit. And then you're just going to go until you get around the world and preach to everyone. But what he's trying to get us to understand is that sharing our faith is a natural part of following Jesus. It's a natural part of having our lives changed by the gospel. And as we gather Sunday after Sunday and we sing songs of praise about how good God has been to us, how grateful we are for his grace and love, that gratitude that is in us, that we're singing about, it should be so, we should be so full of it that it just overflows out of us to the point where we can't help but tell other people, to where we can't help but love other people with Jesus. And as Warren has already told us, a worshiping community is a witnessing community. When we stand here wanting to honor and praise our God, that joy should well up inside of us so that we cannot keep it to ourselves. It boggles my mind that we will tell people about a good restaurant because we had a good pizza or a good horseshoe or something, but we'll keep our mouths shut when the king of the universe has touched our lives in such a meaningful way. And so that means we cannot be content to stay inside our little comfortable bubble. We should want to live as witnesses of Jesus, sharing his love anywhere we can go, to anyone we can, in any way that we can. It's why we tell our neighbors. It's why we uh, share with them the gospel. It's why we invite people to church. It's why we sometimes get on planes and go to other parts of the world to do gospel work, so that the name of Jesus might be famous absolutely everywhere. And the end result, as John has already told us, 
is, that gets revealed in, in eternity is that we stand shoulder to shoulder with people of different languages, different nations, different races, different cultures. And so if you have a problem with people of other nations, people who speak differently than you, people who have a different skin color than you, if you have a problem with people who put hot dogs and bananas and spaghetti, I can't help but think you might be a little uncomfortable in eternity because it's not going to be like this. It's going to be a beautiful mosaic. The congregation of the kingdom of heaven will be a kaleidoscope. And each new culture, each new language that is redeemed by Jesus just adds to the beauty of its colors. And with all of us being brought together to experience the beautiful promise of Jesus, which John goes to share a little bit more about, Revelation 7, verses 15 through 17. He says, Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Like if you've ever been scared in this world, and just wished that God would wrap around you and protect you from all things bad. That's the picture here. He will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What a beautiful promise that we all get to experience. But it's not just for us Midwestern American deep-fried Oreo-eating people. It's a promise for anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. Now, if you're here and you have not given your life to Jesus, if you would not call yourself a follower, let me personally invite you to get to know him better, to spend some time learning about Jesus, experiencing in, uh, the promises that he's made to the people. His arms are open wide for you to experience his grace and love no matter where you've come from or what you've done. And he offers you to come and join this gigantic multicultural generation. And if that's you and you want to think, okay, how do I get started with that? Um, Warren and Michael and myself will be right down here. After the service is over, we'd love to talk with you. Now, if you're a Christian which I think is a lot of you, don't keep this to yourself. Tell everyone you can. Tell your neighbors. Tell your coworkers. Tell your friends. Have conversations. Answer questions. Share the good news of how much Jesus has changed your life. Share it with them. And if you say, okay, how do I do that? Then I'm going to put Michael on the spot and say, talk to Michael. He is a pro at it. Yeah, you can't laugh at that, Larry. It's true. He's really good at it. I, I mean, you could talk to me too, but like, he's Batman and I'm at best Alfred when it comes to that. So um, talk to Michael. He's a pro. He's so good at it. And the more we share the gospel, the more we actually bring about the fulfillment of the picture that John paints for us in Revelation of a tapestry of believers from all over the world. And if you're a believer and you've never actually been in a, a multicultural setting, with the church, then I encourage you that the next time the opportunity arises to get on a plane and go somewhere, that you take it. Because it will change your mind, it will change your faith, it will change your heart. And God will do probably more in you than you are able to do on whatever trip that you go on. Because in that moment, you will get a tiny peek inside the door of eternity. A glimpse when all pain is gone, when all tears are wiped away, and all people bow before Jesus. Let's pray. Father, what a beautiful picture we see in Revelation. Sometimes we get so comfortable with where we are and who we are and the lives we live, and we just kind of start to assume that this is what life is, this is what reality is, this is what following you means. But when we look out of our own little place in the world, we see 
a whole different, a whole other place and experience of how people can love you and, and different, we can have our definition expanded of what it means to follow you and to love you. And so I just pray, Father, that, that we would have our eyes open, that we would see beyond our little moment, that we would ache for people on, around the world to know your goodness, to, to call the name of Jesus as famous and Lord. And so, Father, um, as we come here today, just thank you for this opportunity, two churches coming to share as one, um, to coming to worship as one, and to love you as one. And I just pray that as we uh, spend our time here today and this morning, that you would just bless it, that it would just be um, a joyful thing for you, and that we would um, honor and praise and glorify you, that our hearts and minds would, would be expanded to love you more, to love our neighbors more, and just to love believers around the world more. Thank you again for this opportunity to be here this morning. It's, it's a fantastic blessing. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.